Howdy and welcome to the Ben of Oz podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Oh, hi. Oh, okay. I, I thought I, you were going to introduce me. I am. Okay, hi. Yes. So, uh, we have Jessica Gunn, Dr. Gunn, and Jess and I have been friends. We've known each other for a couple years now, two-ish or so. Two-ish or so. Uh, we met at Innovative Fitness when I started coaching there, and our relationship has grown since then. So, she is visiting town this week we just got back from costa rica oodles of fun and she came back to college station from las vegas and i thought she'd be a pretty pretty awesome guest for for loads of reasons but um hi thank you and welcome dr jessica hi it's good to be here so i want to start by creating a foundation of so people know who, who you are, where you come from, and all those things. So, um, from the very, very start, where are you from? Born and raised in Austin, Texas. Um, was there until I graduated high school. From high school, I moved to Bryan College Station to go to A&M for undergrad. I've always wanted to be a veterinarian, so that's been the goal. Um was to get into the vet school at Texas A&M because at the time it was the only vet school in the entire state of Texas. Um, so I wanted to be here to try and establish that and get in and all that jazz. Um, so since August of 2008 until May of 2021, I pretty much have lived in Bryan or College Station one year, I did live in Fort Worth. That was between my master's program and when I got into vet school. Um, but I, so I did an undergrad in biology, master's, non-thesis, BIMS, um, which is the biomedical medical sciences program A&M has, and then finally, veterinary medicine. <sighs> Very fun. Oh, yeah. Not so much schooling. It's ridiculous. It's it's crazy how much school that you've done. You've been in school for Ever. forever. I mean, almost pretty much your entire it, life. It has been in, like literally my whole life, except for a couple years. At the very beginning, well, when you're not really a person. Yeah, sure, but I mean, between the degrees. True, I guess. Trying to work. What were you doing between the degrees? Just working. Um. Oh, it and it's always been in the veterinary field as a. Veterinary assistant, because um, I never got a tech license, so you're not allowed to call yourself a veterinary technician without that. Uh, so you're an assistant. Is there any difference in what you do? Uh, yes, legally, like, assistants can't do certain things, whereas technicians are allowed, um, and it is a little bit state different. So every state has a little bit difference of a regulations for what they're allowed to do. Um, I'm... I guess it's probably similar to like an RN versus a whatever. RN versus CRNA. Sure. Right. And I'd, I would imagine maybe state differences are in, in things there too. Yeah, there are. So we shot through your entire career pretty, pretty quickly, but there's a lot of things that all in there, right? And so I think what the most impressive thing to me is, is that you found something that you were 
passionate about so early on and stuck with it for for so long until you got to the end of it. And I think that kind of discipline is not something that is very common. I think a lot of people end up figuring out that their goals are going to take more work than than uh, than they initially thought. And but you stuck in there the entire time. I mean, I and you got not approved the first couple times of applying. And even then, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, you know what? On to the next thing. For whatever reason, because you're stubborn, that's why, uh, you can you continued on. And it's, it's so freaking cool. And so at what age did you realize that, man, dogs and cats are cool? Uh, I don't have a particular age that comes to mind. Um, I mean, from what my parents told me. Like, oh, you're, you're, you've always wanted to do that. Like, I remember my mom even saying, you know, most kids are like, yeah, I want to be a ballerina or I want to be an astronaut or, you know, whatever. Um, and I have always been like, I want to be a veterinarian, which is really funny because I don't know where I got that idea from. I'm sure someone was like, oh, you like animals. You probably want to be a veterinarian, which I probably had no idea what that meant um but if it meant i got to play with animals then that sounds amazing <laughs> and so in, in high school so when you started applying to colleges was that still the goal oh yeah for sure like 100 percent um i knew i wanted to go to a&m because like i said they only at school in texas so um from day one freshman year I was like, the goal is get good grades to get into A&M. Took as many AP classes, sure, like the advanced placement classes, um, for those that may not be familiar with the system, uh, and trying do as well as I could grade-wise, um, and then also because of the AP classes, try and test out as many credits as possible to ultimately keep my uh, loans down as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, loans aren't fun. No, they're, they're not the best part of education. You've done a really good job of keeping up with your loans. I mean, you, you've done better than I think most people that I, that I know. Sure. I mean, I think part of that is my mom's an accountant, so that's always been driven into me. Like, you're good with your money. Don't be stupid. Have a savings account. Have a checking account. Don't spend more than you make. Um... Which, I mean, is, is, that's almost impossible if you're a student, so don't feel bad if you're like, well, I have to take those. Because your job is to go to school. I mean, I, I worked while I was in school, but not everybody can do that. And I will say my grades suffered my first semester in college. I didn't have um, a job, and that was when I had the best GPA. I had like a 4.98 that first semester. I got a B in a, a biology lab, and it was very sad. Um, yeah. Yeah, but that's because, like, the, I took school as a job, and I think that's partially, like, my high school was pretty rigorous, so I had already had a very good um, study habit ingrained. Like, I... I would not let myself go do something fun until my homework's done. I mean, I I would still give myself breaks, of course, but 
Like, oh, I can't go play volleyball with my dorm mates until I'm done with my homework or I've at least studied two, three hours for that exam for next week or whatever. How do you how do you put that <laughs> inside of your brain to to not because in college, I mean, as soon as I oh, had yeah. an opportunity to go, most people go crazy. Do something else. Yeah. I was like, oh, why am I going to study? Obviously, yeah. <laughs> why would I? So how would like how do you have what what is it inside your brain that tells you? I think it's just my self discipline. I like I said, for me in high school, I had to have that because we were. Always, what high school did you go to? Uh, Westwood. It's like um on the Austin Cedar Park border. It's still a public school, but. At the time, it was in the top 100 in the U.S., public school-wise, like, ranking. So, I don't know if they're still there. They're probably, if not, pretty close. Um, so, I did. I have a lot of homework. I would do homework pretty much from the time that I got home until dinner and sometimes after dinner. I'd be studying until I would go to bed. Um, did you do any extracurriculars while you are in high school? No, not really. Um, I pro I I didn't do any sports. I was in choir for like I think my freshman and sophomore year of high school. Um, but it just wasn't. I really didn't enjoy it. Like it just it wasn't something I wanted to continue. So I didn't. You have a really good voice. I mean, eh. you, you sing pretty well. And just that you're in like at the house, <laughs> you know, you sing really well. But well, just wasn't just wasn't just for wasn't, you. Wasn't your thing. Yeah, was I. I learned in middle school um, how to read music, you know, like to do solfege and be able to read for your choir music. And then I don't, my freshman year of high school, the music teacher we had confused me so bad with something that I was like, I don't, I don't know how to read music anymore. Which, I mean, I wasn't at choir UIL in, in middle school. And one of the things you have to do is you have to actually, they give you a sheet of music you've never seen before. And you as a part of the choir group are supposed to do the solfege, which is like do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, right? And so you're supposed to do that. On the, on on key, like one, two, three, go. And you as a unit, part of your choir has to, you all have to participate and like do it right. So I obviously knew how to. And I don't know what that person did, but I was I was so lost, and so I think that really frustrated me a lot as well. So I was like, "All right, clearly I'm done here." Me and that uh, teacher don't think the same way. That is crazy what a teacher or a coach can do. How they have how so much power. They can influence. Yeah, they have so much power over an individual's thought process or like how they're taught can make or break a class. Like, I remembered in high school, I hated calculus. Like, it was awful. It was one of the few AP classes I was like, I'm not even going to take the test because I'm going to spend it because I had to pay for my own tests. My mom made me do that. So part of that, um, being responsible, knowing how to spend your money. So I had to save my allowances in order to pay for these. To pay for your AP tests yeah. so you can get to college. Right. And less. still pay for my applications for college, by the way. So, and I'm, like, our income, I did not qualify for aid. I had to pay those fees. So, um, thanks, Mom, for teaching me how to 
two things well with money. It's brutal. I mean, that's <laughs> that's sink or swim. Yeah. I mean, if I was in high school and had to pay for my own stuff, I don't think I, you know, yeah. I wouldn't have been in college. <laughs> I mean, all of, luckily, uh, all the people back down home, all, our, our community was so under under poverty line that mm-hmm. all of our stuff was free. Everything yeah. was free. Yeah. So, I mean, I never, I didn't even know you had to pay for an SAT or ACT. Yeah. That's that's insane to me. Like yeah. just to get in to pay more it's, loan, it, you have to pay to pay. It's you have to pay someone to pay someone. It's that's ridiculous. That's a very interesting system that our entire education system is built on. But so yay, you qualified yeah. to now instead of paying five hundred dollars a test, now you get to pay us six thousand dollars a semester yeah. or more. A lot of times more. Aren't you excited? Isn't this a great opportunity? Yeah, yeah. earlier today we were talking about books, right? And mm. how, oh, yeah, the, get the, how much textbooks are. Textbooks are just so, so expensive. ridiculously Even expensive. Even like, I think a lot of people think, oh yeah, your science textbooks are going to be expensive. I mean, I remember I had an art class and it was like 200 and something for the book. And I was like, nah, it's cool. I'll look up the pictures on Google. Thank you. Have a nice day. It's insane. It so ridiculous. I had a movie class. The same idea. It was a couple hundred dollars for this book and this and i ended up, i bought it and it was maybe 30 pages and it was flimsy soft or not not hardcover you call yeah, it paper, paper, paper paperback, paperback. Mm-hmm. and it was 200 bucks yep and you're like but but like why and you didn't even use because it because you yeah and but you're told you have to buy this sometimes you have to buy this kind of sol and then um, that's what they'll say in the in the what are they called First thing that you get in the, the syllabus, they'll say required readings X Y Z, and then you get to the first day of class and you purchase the thing. And they're like, "Yeah, actually, we're not going to use any of that stuff." Yeah, so sad. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, got to pay for. Yeah, so I had, or had to pay yeah, for. Yeah, I, I I paid for you know my stuff. Um, what was the original question? I'm, I've lost track. Uh, if you did any extracurriculars in, oh, in high right. school. Um. Yeah. So. Um, I did math UAL for a short period of time. I'm not that brilliant with numbers. I like algebra, like basic algebra. I was really in love with. I enjoyed that. I think that's why I like general chemistry because it's a lot of just basic algebra. You plug in your formula and solve your X or whatever. Um, I hate so, chem. Huh? I hate chem. Oh, I love gen chem. It's okay. Teach their own, right? Teach their own. It's the only class I ever got a hundred on on any exam. Um, nice. Yeah. But uh, and I was a part of DDR club because my friends were in it. I, what is DDR club? Dance Dance Revolution. Oh yes, yeah, I remember the, this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, I am played. not good at it. Uh, I would watch my friends who were. Far more talented than I am on that. And I'd be like, you're amazing. DDR Club. Yeah, DDR. And then Culture Club, um, which is not based off of the band Culture Club. It is literally a club for culture around the world. How do you study just, cultures? Yeah, we would just do different like culture groups. And my school had a lot of different... Um, students from all over the world. We had a lot of people from Taiwan, China, India, Bangladesh, um, Sri Lanka. Like, we had a bunch of 
A lot of diversity. And a lot of diversity, partially because Austin has that huge technology sector. So, you know, you have a lot of people from a lot of, not only, um, like, Europe, but, or Asia, but Europe as well. We had a, a bunch of students from different places there. Um, and so a lot of those kids, I think, initially that club was started because they, they felt like they couldn't, they didn't have a, a niche. They, they had a hard time fitting in. Um, and so they'd fit in with kids that also didn't feel like they fit in. And I just like culture. Also, food. Food is delicious. And we would always bring food from whatever area or country we would talk about. We would do, like, a potluck thing. That's really cool. Yeah. It'd be really fun. And then, you know, like, Christmas slash Thanksgiving holiday, we would, of course, have a big meeting where everybody would bring something from their home. That is super neat. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. Um, so, I mean, you get to get a lot of different people to, all together and sharing oh, different yeah. cultures and yeah. creating friendships and usually over food is the best way to do that, I feel For like. sure. That's super neat. And it was even more fun because, like I said, a lot of them were immigrant kiddos. So, we would, like, piece together different languages to to try and uh, communicate, you know, as as one does. Or did most of them not speak English? Most of them, English was their second language. Um, a lot of the kids were in uh, ESL, and that's how they meet, which is, if for those that don't aren't familiar with ESL, that's like a class for English as second language. So a lot of kids that come into American school systems that don't speak um, English primarily get placed in that class, um, and it serves as... Uh, to teach English, um, proper English, like grammar techniques, just as if you were to take Spanish or French or something. Um, and they also try and help uh, the kids like figure out what their homework is from science class because they may not really understand the instructions. So um, a lot of our members were part of that. Um, so we go through... High school mm-hmm. and graduate, graduate yeah. and come to come to college station. Yeah. Did you have a rough time during undergrad at all? Um, I mean, I when you say rough, do you mean just like adjusting or? I would say yeah. I I would say I, I didn't necessarily have something specific, okay. but I think but I think a good sure. one would be definitely adjusting to a different culture. Yeah, sure. Um, none of my parents are Aggies, which. A&M is a cult. Um, It's definitely a cult. So I didn't really know uh, any of the tradition stuff. They have this thing called fish camp for your your freshmen that go to, and they literally teach you, like, all the yells that are at football. Um, They teach you about the different quote-unquote traditions that they have, like bonfire, which they don't synchronize anymore, but whatever, you know. They, They just, they teach you, like, the different culture that is A&M. Did you go? I went. Um, Did you have fun? I had fun. Uh, I remember when my dad dropped me off, uh, the camp counselors, they're like these people that apply and they get selected. Every single one of those people are like 10 out of 10 the energy level and they're so excited and they're like covered in a bright color so you can find them easy. 
and they like to wear tutus, and my dad is like, what am I dropping you off to? <laughs> Good luck, see you in a week, love you, and I hope you survive. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, I didn't really have any issues. I didn't experience homesickness. I, um, I did have a car, so I had the option to drive home on the weekends, uh, go grocery shopping as needed. I liked my dorm. Um, I live in I lived in Leggett, which uh, is the only uh, at the time I may have changed this was the only female dorm um, on campus that I oh maybe anyway it's an all female dorm so uh, a bunch of nice ladies we all would kind of do things together pretty regularly like we would do game nights on Wednesdays so I had a good group of people and there were most of those people that I was friends with were actually seniors there that dorm is known for having the highest number of seniors that are still in dormitories because they love it so much they don't leave Um, did you enjoy your on-campus lifestyle I did um I you know like I said I, I didn't do anything crazy for the most part it was pretty benign like I would study and um we would we would go as groups to the to the library to go study, especially for finals. We would go eat at the dining hall Sabiso, which is like right across the street from us as a group. Um, but it was it was fun, you know. Like I said, game nights were awesome. Um, I really liked my floor mates. Um, so it was a it was a good time. Good people. Do you still keep in touch with any of those I, people? Yeah, I do. I uh, I have um, my friend Angie who lives in. Houston, my friend Sarah, she lives uh, kind of outside of Austin area. Um, Monet, I mean, there's a definitely a group of people that I've still kept in touch with from from that time. Um, so I I definitely appreciated that. Um, you hear a lot of uh, like a lot of different people having not the best right. experience with. Roommates? Yeah. Did you have an okay experience with your roommate? I did. Um, so the my my roommate initially messaged me on Facebook, and she's like, "Hey, I'm a senior. Um, I really want my friend who lives down the hall to maybe switch with you." I think she was just really like, "Oh no, I'm gonna have a freshman, and I'm a senior trying to finish up my last year." Um, and it ended up so she was kind of like, "Can can you please move?" Like she's a, she was a very direct person, so I think it could have come off as like really rude. But I was really like, yeah, she wants to be with her friend, and like I get it. So I was like, yeah, no problem. We'll figure it out when I get there. Um, long story short, we didn't end up switching rooms, so I still had her as my um, as my roommate for the first semester because she only had one semester left. Um, but I remember her saying, you know. You're not a typical freshman. Like, I really appreciate that you're very quiet and you're conscious and of, you know, I have exams and things. And you're self-aware or yeah, something like that. something like that. And, Wild. And so she was like, yeah, I really, you know, really appreciate it. Um, so, you know, I, I never really had any bad experiences. And um, my, my, my freshman year, I did get into a car accident. So I had to, uh, I missed a week of school, but yeah. A little bit more background <laughs> on that, on that uh, accident there. So what, where, where was it? Uh, it was outside Elgin, which is a town outside Austin. I was driving from Annam like school to Austin for the weekend. Um, and it was me with two other friends. 
classmates from high school and um to like a two two lane highway as far as one side you go one direction it's so it's not like oncoming traffic I, I, if that makes sense like you have two lanes going one direction to the other okay. um so uh i was driving and i remember hitting the rumble strips and i this was probably two months after i turned 18 and i didn't really drive very much to begin with i didn't want anything to do with getting a license um, and so I didn't, I, I had the required experience, yada, yada, but I just didn't like it. And I think that was the first time I'd ever hit rumble strips. Um, and I think I overcorrected and that overcorrected caused me to go from the left lane all the way into the ditch and pop out of the ditch and into some trees. Oh my God. Okay. We're back. Okay. Hi. Uh, so I, I had, a kind of, I didn't, I got really lucky um, in the fact that I didn't actually hit, get the jaws of life to basically cut me out of the car because I couldn't get out of the car. Um, my steering wheel, like the whole steering column was actually kind of somehow crushed and it had my right leg pinned. So they had to cut that out. <laughs> not my leg. Your leg? Not my leg. No, just the, the steering column so I could get out of the, the nice car and go on to the, the waiting helicopter. I was star-flighted to the hospital because I didn't know what all was damaged. And lucky for me, I didn't have any internal damage. Um, my right quad has got a little dent in it from the steering wheel having me pinned for a little bit. Um, and I have a scar under my chin area from some glass from the steering wheel. and. That's pretty much it. Like, my jaw healed really well. I don't think I get any pain or anything from it. So, overall, doing great. It's pretty insane to be a freshman in college going back home and just... Oopsies. A big oopsies. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that or, like, a a wheel popped. I don't know if... Did you go unconscious? I, I was pretty aware pretty much the whole time. There's one part where I think, uh, when my, probably when my face broke the steering wheel and the vice versa um because i remember like we turned like it was a hard turn too it was like immediately from the road into the ditch like it was no joke um and i'm was trying to hit the brakes like i had my foot just pedal to the metal on the brake there trying to get the car to stop as i'm like we're heading to trees that's great and then I don't remember, like, much right there. And then I remember, like, oh, well, We're I'm currently stopped. not dead. Uh, I turned to my right to my, my the friend in the passenger seat. I was like, you okay? And he's like, yeah. Gets out of the car. And my other friend was had been ejected from the car. I was like, go check on him because I can't get out. I'm, I'm stuck. Like, he went and checked on him. He's like, yeah, he's okay. He's, like, alive. And I was like, okay, we need to call somebody. Um, a car had stopped behind, like, that was behind us and stopped and came and, and helped us. But, yeah, got the ambulance. And, every, I mean, everybody made it. Everybody. That's super scary. Yeah, it was really, it was, uh, the whole time, though, I was so upset because I thought I lost a tooth. 
Priorities. It, yeah, I know, right? The things you think about when you're in shock. Because, uh, like I said, my jaw got broke in two spots. I have one closer to the mandible, which is like where the, the lower jaw connects to the skull. And then the other fracture was lower on like more my incisor spot. And so I could feel I was, you know, a gap and I was bleeding. I was like, shoot, man, I lost a tooth. I'm going to have to go get like a veneer or something. Yada, yada, yada. Um, it's okay. Don't worry, everybody. I got all my teeth. It was just the jaw is fractured. They, they wired it shut. It healed great. Doing good. Lots of weight loss. Oh, yeah. T- lost 20 pounds. So uh, if you're looking for some really dramatic diet plans, people, just break your jaw or wire it shut. One of the two. I feel like I have... I think I can... I feel like I can assume your answer, but did it change... The way you saw life at all was it prof- was it like profound experience by any means? No, not not for me. Um, I've always been a pretty happy and go lucky, make the best out of it kind of person. And yeah, I, everybody was like, "Wow, you're so positive about this." And I was like, "Yeah, dude, I didn't die. I I could have been very dead if my car had been literally a foot to the left. I would have been head on to a tree, like." I, w- I wish I had pictures of that car because it was pretty gnarly. I wish you had pictures of that car too. It, I might be able to find it. Uh, so maybe you can put it online or something. That'd be kind of cool. Because um, it was at, on Facebook at one point. But I mean, the front end of that car was real messed up. Total maybe. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Real gone. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Did your friends like... Flip out? Did they get air flighted as well, or are they? Um, I don't think, I don't think. Uh, no, one of them definitely didn't. See the other, the other one, the ambulance came and, and picked him up. It's just because I was stuck in the car, and they, like I said, they just didn't know the extent of what could be wrong. You know, it's medical. You, you worst case scenario until proven otherwise. Um, Did they ever ride in the car with you again? think so but I, I mean i didn't have a car for probably a good good couple months there I bet. um so uh i think they would they would have driven with me again um i mean i i, I didn't ask them that would you ever ride with me again <laughs> but no i mean i think overall it didn't really change me um i was just so glad that I, um School gave me, uh, they, they offered for me to like withdraw for the semester if I needed. And, um, they offered, I declined that and they offered, well, you can take two weeks off if you need. And I was like, it's just my jaw. Um, so took, took one week off. I had to wait three days before they could do surgery to wire my jaw shut because of the swelling and my face was too bad for them to operate I guess and then then they did the wiring thing um went through a little bit of physical therapy my quad ended up getting a calcified hematoma so I had to get that worked on but you know that resolved um and I didn't have a job so all I did was school and my physical therapy and life is usual yeah life is usual for me so then we go through finish freshman year with a bang. Sure. And then, uh, I guess, 
finish undergrad? Yep, finished undergrad. And every semester thereafter, like, I worked more. So for my first semester, I didn't have a job. Second semester, I got a job, and I started working part-time. And um, from there, I, I literally added more hours. I had two part-time jobs, and then I started doing, like, a side job, you know, like, pet sitting, Mary Kay, whatever. Like, I added, I'd always add something else, and, and my grades reflected that. So they definitely diminished. So I think this all started because we were talking about student loans and trying to be good about your money. And so I worked for, in school to try and offset my ultimate debt um, levels. And my grades suffered because of it. And it pro- may have prolonged my acceptance into A&M because that was their big thing is, wow, your grades are less than stellar did it really affect your grades that much yeah i mean god i remember looking at the transcript my last couple semesters um on my undergrad were rough i had a bunch of c's at a d like it was bad it was really bad and part of it part of it was the biology degree you know you of course have harder and harder classes each semester and I hated some of these classes like absolutely nothing about them was enjoyable there was one that I just was if I could have just quit I would have I what hate classes that I don't it was like some biology elective and professor was not my favorite to say the least it j- I just he he made his grades for his exams and all of these exams are uh, their essays. His grading scale would be he would give you the prompt days before so you knew what you're gonna write about. but he would base your your grade off of the best essay he received. So if some student was very eloquent and had a lot of extra information, like they had time to go research extra stuff, like that would be the hundred. Everybody else would be graded off of that. That sucks. Yeah. I was like, that's not even fair. Wow. Yeah. I I was like, there's no grading rubric. I was going to say the grade rubric is is, be the best. Be the the best. And I'm like, some people have to work. Some students have the ability to not work or that, you know, they, they truly just study and that's, that's not, I'm not faulting them for that, but to penalize other kids that maybe have to work, like they, they literally have financial aid is work study, like that, that's just wrong. That's just so, oh, it made me, oh, I hated that class. Did I mention I hated that class? It made me so mad. So that class, I think I made a C in. I maybe I made a B, but I, regardless, like, oh, if I could have given the university my two cents about that, I so would have. You could have, I don't know if they would listen. Though. Yeah, they would care less. Yeah, they could. I'm just a little peon and a pet, like a little cash cow for them. Yeah, you're just you're a dollar, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, finished undergrad do, with not maybe that the best GPA, and at yeah. that point, did you realize oh, I'm going to need a master's or? Yeah, so um, I applied to, to um, the vet school program, of course, and got denied. Um, tried 
and they have this thing where you can try and set up a, a meeting with a counselor to go over your application and where you could improve for next year so you have a stronger um, application for the next time. Um, so I tried to do that, and I could not get a hold of the people. I emailed. I left messages. Nobody ever got back to me. So I that was like, sucks. Yeah, really. It was, I mean, I know it's only one lady for like several hundred students trying to apply. Um, but at the same time, it kind of just, once again, education is not an education. It's, it's for uh, the monies. Um, but, you know, that that's, it's fine. It's what it is. And I recognize she's only one lady and she does that's not her only job you know that's not her only responsibility so um and then the next year when I applied and I didn't get in I didn't get an interview either um I knew what happened to me last time so I called the number every five minutes the first day that they let you call the number um for the first like hour or so um and one of the times I, I called the phone didn't ring and I was like, hello? And someone on the other line was like, hello? And I think... Does this thing work? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think what happened is they picked the phone up to make a phone call. And it was right when I... So I finally got a hold of somebody, which means I made an appointment. Um, and they they were like, yeah, your grades are really not good. You're probably going to need to do a master's. So that's when I was like, I guess I got to do a master's. My master's was really fun. I did enjoy that. And I think that's because um, biomedical science was a lot more, they had, I had to take anatomy, physiology, um, and by anatomy, physiology is more just like the, the physiology portion, anatomy was more elective. Um, so I took that because I needed to help be helpful for vet school. Um, but I loved phys. It, it's all about, you know, how the body works, why does it work this way? Like, to me, it's just, it makes logical sense. It's not necessary, like, just blind memorization. It's, if you kind of understand the concept, you can puzzle your way through it. Um, where anatomy is blind memorization for me. It's, it really is. It's just, this mem- goes Memorize here, this, this origin, this named. insertion, and its name. And that was definitely a, a massive struggle for me. It was for vet school again, too. And, but it is what it is. You guys, Sometimes you got to jump through those hoops so for for me um master's was fantastic it's only nine credits to be considered full-time which is great for those of you who need to apply for financial aid for loan but at the same time i can literally work 40 hours a week at my full-time job and still only take the bare minimum of loan that i need while still making an, a livable wage to feed myself and pay for gas, yada, yada. So that was nice. Um, and after that, I applied for vet school. I got an interview, went to the interview, um, did okay in my opinion. Like, I mean, it's an interview. And AM does what's called an MMI, which is like a multi-mini interview so you have six different rooms that you go into. Each room is different, and each room has a different prompt. So you're supposed to discuss with the panel, like, oh, yeah, uh, I like zebras because X, Y, Z, you know, whatever. 
Um, which is nice because if you feel like, oh my God, I made a complete idiot out of myself in that room, you don't have to, yeah, you don't have to continue like trying to prove otherwise these people just be like, well, that room was maybe not my best representation of who I am. Just go to the next one. It's going to, you know, just take a breath and reset. So did you enjoy that style? I've never had an interview like that. Yeah. I thought it was, like I said, because I mean, it. You're in that room for six, I think it's a 10-minute block. So the first minute is you take a deep breath, just like it's a reset from the last room. Then you have a minute to read the prompt and kind of like jot down some ideas of whatever you want to talk about. And then you go into the room and the remaining time frame is you discussing that. And you don't have to use the whole thing to answer whatever the question is or discuss whatever the prompt is. I have plenty of rooms where... I said what I wanted to say, and then they were like, so how are you doing? And I was like, I think I'm doing all right. What, what, <laughs> what they'd be, you know, each room had a little bit different characters, um, and the judges are supposed to not give you any feedback, like, oh, you're doing really well, or any, they're just supposed to be neutral, but, you know, they also don't want you to be just terrified, so they'd be like, well, what kind of hobbies do you like? And I'm like, oh, I like to read, or whatever and if somebody liked to read be like oh yeah really me too what book are you reading you know just just chit chat and then you know at the end of the thing you stand up you shake hands say thank y'all whatever and uh they're like good luck whatever and you go on to the next room so it was it was not it, it was really a moderately pleasant experience i think in the past traditionally you know you'd spend an hour in front of a panel of like three people and they'd ask you what's the difference between a heifer and a Holstein. And, like, you'd have to actually know things. N- none of these questions require you to have previous knowledge. They just want to know, get an idea. Do you have, What are your morals? Like, what are your expectations? Can you think logically? Can you perform well under pressure? Yada, yada. Are you a good person? Are you, are you, are you a decent human being? Are, and each, I think each year they have something that they look for for a class. Um... Do you know what they were looking for at that time? Probably that flexibility because we were the first class for the new curriculum. Um, so I, so this I, is the time that you did you you got accepted. No, that was the the first one, but like the said my my acceptance Yours class, was yeah, the flexibility exactly. So I ended up not getting in that time, but um, when I applied again, I kind of I rearranged some points um, like experience in my application, so. They have different, like, what do you, animal experience, leadership experience, etc. So I just kind of move things around um, a little bit more to reflect reflect that on my application. And I got an interview and I got in. I didn't even get waitlisted that time. Um, so that was, that was nice. I was so happy. Was it disheartening to not get it the, the second time? Um... You mean the f- the third time when I got an interview? Yeah, I was I was disheartened. Um, and after that one, that's when I kind of was like, man, I'm already going to be kind of older when I graduate. Like, if I don't get in after that fourth try, this last this last time that I I, I applied, if I don't get in, like, I need to really kind of start figuring out what else can I do. Because I don't want to keep just putting my life on hold for someone to say, yeah, come on in. And I really didn't want to have to pay out-of-state tuition. So 
I never did apply anywhere else because that's some expensive stuff right there. It's not worth it. I mean, just to stay, to stay motivated to continue is, is insane a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I really didn't know what else I would do. Like at that point I was thinking about, well, maybe I can do pet sitting and house cleaning as a actual business business. Um, but I don't know that. I could do that every day of my life and be happy. Um, But obviously, you know, my tenacity and persistence and stubbornness finally paid off. They they finally let me in, so I didn't have to try and come up with a plan B. What a darn good feeling. Yeah. I knew it would be... To get that acceptance letter, like, holy shit. (laughs) Finally. Finally. Yeah, I mean, I was... I. I don't think I get excited like most people. It's kind of just like a, uh, for me, when I when I get to a goal. Um, I mean, you you saw me when I passed the Navli, which is like the, your your licensing exam. I was I was happy, but Hooting I and hollering, taking shots, yeah, partying. Uh, so you know, <laughs> I was just uh, like I was happy. I was smiling. I felt so much relief more than anything. Just like, ugh, I made that hurt. I, I remember those hurdles, you know, jumped through that hurdle. Um, and now I'm, you know, working at a clinic as a doctor. And do I think I'm, like, the best doctor ever? Heck no. I've got a lot of room to grow. But, you know, I, I try my best. I do, I do the best that I know how to. And I ask for help when I feel stumped. Um, and what's really cool is all the ladies I work with, you know, I think they're all very brilliant and they've all been doing this for minimum of two years and up to a long time in some cases. So, you know, and it's, it's nice to see every day they're always calling like the specialty center for some advice on something. So like, it's okay. I'm never going to know everything. I'm just going to be more confident in what I do know. And most of my interactions with my clients, I think, have been very, very positive. Um, I do feel confident in what I know. And if I don't know, I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm not really sure. <laughs> let, let me ask. Let me, let, me, let me go look that up. Um, you know, most of the time we, we'll, we still have a game plan. Um, in the interim while I find out whatever information it is I need. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been really fun. It's scary, you know, in a way too. like, Oh, I have to make the decisions now instead of someone just telling me what to do, but that's life. You're always going to be growing as they say, change is the only constant. So, um, living, living in a different state. away from everybody I knew kind of ensured I was going to have to have to no longer rely on the people that I have previously relied on. I had to have to build new bridges and rely on myself a little. Has it been hard? No, I I really feel like I have great support. Um, Like I said, if I ever have questions any one of those doctors are like, yeah, let's figure it out or 
oh yeah, this is what I do. Um, but go ahead and go ask Dr. So-and-so and, you know, see what they think. Because they, they do that with each other. They consult with each other. And like I said, they'll even say, yeah, call the specialty center and talk to them and see what they think. Um, because that's how you, you, you will only grow by learning. And there's different ways to do that, be it a paper, be it a book, be it other people's anecdotal information. So I'm going to come back a little bit. Rest through. Sure. Rest through. Um. So unfortunately, we had some difficulties here with uh, technology, and it didn't end up completing the recording. So hopefully we'll have Jessica on again soon. Just want to thank you guys for tuning in and... Hopefully we'll get Jessica on again soon. Again, I apologize for the recording not completing all the way through, uh, but I am very grateful for everyone who tuned in. Thanks, and have a great one.